I started this podcast um, because I hate the show Love After Lockup. I completely despise it. Um, and the way that it has turned um, the opinion of people who have relationships with people in prison so badly. Um, and I had this plan. <laughs> I had this plan that um, I was going to do episodes. And I still am. Um, you know, with some of my friends, because I have some amazing friends that, uh, are in this boat with me and we were going to talk about, um, how we met an inmate, um, how we fell in love if we fell in love with an inmate, um, what it's like to visit an inmate. I mean, I have, I have so many episodes. Oh my gosh, it's going to be great. But right now, the problem is that we are all so worried about the people that we love inside that it's hard to be light and it's hard um, to it's hard to talk about anything else um, because COVID, COVID, COVID. So um, I'm going to sneak this in and um, maybe just get it off my chest for myself. Uh, or maybe hopefully you'll hear it and, um, you will have a better understanding of what we're going through right now, because hopefully this will never happen again and we won't have to revisit it later and soon it will pass and we can, we can get back to the fun stuff. Uh, because for the most part, we are fun. Um, and we are happy and surprise isn't that crazy like we don't have a man in our house we have to carry in our own groceries and to change our own tires um how to fix our change our own vents and the air conditioning uh we have to pay our own bills <laughs> but we're happy we're super happy um and i i want the world to see that i want the world to see that the losers that agree to do love after lockup that that is a shit show because people want to see the shit show. You know, it's like normal folks aren't going to Jerry Springer because that's not what Jerry Springer's audience wants to see. I mean, we, you know, we're just like I said in the trailer where the lady next to you in the cubicle or maybe your doctor, your lawyer, your hairstylist. Um, we own businesses. Uh, we're not, you know, living off welfare and you know, waiting on our man to get out and saying, free my homie, whoever. (laughs) Um, I mean, there are some that do that. I'm not going to lie, but there's some of us that we do not. And, uh, you would be very surprised in who we are. Um, most of the people that I know would be very surprised in who I am. I don't, I don't publicize uh, my relationship outside, um, of the prison family community because, uh, I'm a professional and, um, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the recourse from that. I'm not ready. Uh, I, I love him. I love him very much. Um, but I, I don't want to pay out here for why he's in there. Um, so, you know, I 
my profile picture on Facebook isn't, you know, my picture from the last visit, even though I wish it was. Uh, so there's that, um, that we're just like y'all, but right now we, uh, we have a little different problem than you guys do with COVID-19. And I want to take a minute to tell you what's going on and share with you some of what uh, we are going through out here. So um, COVID-19 in prisons is, it's really hard to practice safe distancing in prisons. Let's just say that. Um, and a prison is like a petri dish. Like when the flu comes into prison, it becomes like a super flu. Um, it's more than you would ever even imagine. And when people get this super flu, um, when you get sick in prison, they give you some ibuprofen and some water and tell you to get rest. Uh, so obviously those are not going to help with COVID-19. Um, if they become so sick that they need to go to the hospital, it takes about four staff to transfer a regular inmate to the hospital. Um, when the custody level goes up to level four or even death row per se, that, uh, that number goes up the staff that it takes. So you, you have COVID-19 in a prison. And you have 10 or 12 people that need to go. Um, And then you have staff that has to stay back. And then you have COVID-19 on the outside. So you have staff that they're not coming to work anymore. Because they're not risking that for their family. Once they find out it's in the prison. They have COVID-19. They can't come to work anymore. Um, what, What happens? We're scared. We're very scared. And it's happening already. Um, in one group I'm in, I'm going to read you a couple of posts in there, um, of just right now what's going on. Um, this lady said, my brother was moved to Chandler Regional Hospital because of bruising around his eyes and on his face. He was unresponsive. They put him in Chandler Regional Hospital. I spoke to his doctor who said an assault was unknown. He had a massive stroke and didn't expect him to make it. He was paralyzed on his right side. He had spiking fever, so they tested him for COVID. Um, On the 3rd of April, a nurse said he was stable and opened his eyes. They moved him to Tucson Rincon around dinner time. And then on 4-4, I got a call saying my brother had passed away. Um, And then we have another lady... Um, today is day three that my fiance has been in the hospital and intubated and we have not heard anything whatsoever from the prison or the hospital regarding his condition. Is anyone else going through the same situation? We're almost on the same level playing field because, um, when COVID hits your family, you can't go in with them. You can't visit them. Um, it's always like that with us. Um, if the person that we love that is in prison gets put in the hospital, we are not told what hospital they are in. We are not getting given phone calls from the hospital. If we're lucky, we'll find out they went to the hospital. And then the next thing that we're going to know is the chaplain calling to say that our loved one has died or our loved one calling to say, Hey, I'm back and I'm okay. 
Oh, like, it's hard. It's super hard. Um, so right now we are, all of us as family members, we're working very hard to try to push, um, the prison institutions where our family members are into, um, you know, figuring out ways to allow them to practice safe distancing, um, to give them alcohol pads so that they can disinfect the phones, um, to just treat them like human beings. Uh, they're not serving. And that's kind of ironic. I'm about to say this. Most of them are not serving death sentences. And they shouldn't have to die just because they went to prison. Um, the CDCR has uh, agreed to um, let 3,500 people out starting today, Monday. And those people, before you panic. Those people are within 120 days of release anyways. Um, it's so hard for me to understand why people completely panic at the release of people in prison. Like, not everybody goes to prison forever. Um, what did 60, 30, 60, 90, 120 days, what do you think would change with them in 120 days? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But we need them to go home. So that the people that are not going home, that are there longer, um, that um, they have a chance. I mean, if you wanted to get real technical, um, there are a lot of offenders, including violent offenders. That's another thing that the public freaks out. Oh, he's a violent offender. You should never let him out. So what is considered a violent offender is... Someone, um, like I know a person, he robbed a pizza hut when he was 19 and they sentenced him to 19 years. He was a 19 year old kid. He didn't kill anyone. He walked in a pizza hut and said, I need you to give me your money. He had a gun. He walked out of the pizza hut. They gave him 19 years. So, um, and he's a violent offender that sat in prison for 19 years. Um, not all violent offenders are murderers or rapists. Um, there's a whole other category of folks in there. And um, they need to go home. People need to go home. The, the point of prison is to rehabilitate. You know, you serve a fair sentence, which in a lot of places, a fair sentence is not a fair sentence. You get um, treatment for your addiction, your mental illness, whatever. They make you a productive citizen. And then, you know, they send you home with a parole officer to help you adjust. Unfortunately, our prison system is not doing that correctly. Um, when you take a 19-year-old kid and you throw him in a level 4 prison, which is where violent offenders go, you just tossed him in with the uh, with murderers and rapists and um, people that don't have an out day and they don't give a shit and um, you tell them to survive and so now he becomes a criminal now he's a convict because he has to do whatever it takes because he's stuck there for the next 19 years and you don't want to be stuck there without friends 
And there's not any good friends in prison. Not in level four. So, um, rehabilitation is a joke. Um, they will put you through a GED and they might put you through a program. Um, but see, the battle comes from fighting their way down. They have to get, they start with a certain amount of points and every year they go to a committee. And if they're good, their points go down to where they can get to level two prisons and level one prisons. And in those prisons, they can have fire camp. They can learn all kinds of skills. But it's really hard to stay out of trouble in level four. It's almost impossible. Uh, so it, it's the whole system is set up for failure. It's just completely set up for failure. And then you have them. They're having to free people right now. um, From level 4's. And level 3's. Because they served their time. Which was a long time. Or. um, They got their cases overturned. Bills were passed. um, At one point. And basically I only know about the California prison system. So when I'm talking... I'm referring to the CDCR. At one point, if you um, were part of a crime, like say you were robbing a house and you were the getaway driver, well, something went wrong in the, something went wrong and somebody ended up dying. You don't even know that someone died. You're just driving the car. You had to get sentenced to 25 to life and you had to serve 25 before you could go to the parole board that was overturned so all these people that were prepared to be in prison for you know ever more than likely they just got thrown out on the streets they're addicted to drugs probably more than they were when they were going in because there are more drugs in prison than there are out here they're much easier to access um they're mentally ill And um, those are the people that you should be afraid of. But, you know, what do, what do we do? We don't, we don't know what to do. They do, they shouldn't be in prison. They're not getting any help in prison. They need to come out here. Um, the justice system is a hot mess. It's a hot mess. Um, and if you're just here out of curiosity, um, about, women who date men in prison then um then you don't know this and hopefully uh you don't ever have to feel it firsthand um because sometimes I think back to who I was before I knew how bad the justice system was and and I'm wondering like what was in that spot of my brain that is now consumed with you know righting the wrongs that all of these people are paying too much time for I don't remember (laughs) I I don't remember who I was and I'm okay with that um because I'm someone that can make a difference I'm someone that you know is fully aware how to raise awareness and um I enjoy a good fight and I have a little bit of free time, you know, to proceed with that fight. I don't know that we're winning as far as COVID-19 is concerned in prisons, but 
I'm not going to quit trying. We're pushing very hard right now. Um, we have petitions going around to try to get tablets in the prisons. Before you freak out, let me explain tablets in prisons. Um, we're not going to hand these dudes an iPad <laughs> and they can just hit you up on Facebook or whatever. Um, it's basically a small device the size of a cell phone and it has email capacity excuse me capabilities but the only time that they can email someone is if that person adds them to an account so it's not like they can just reach out to everyone no they can reach out to the people that want to hear from them and when it goes to the point that they're on lockdown which means that they're only allowed out of their cells every 72 hours um or they can't go outside. There's a lot of prisons that the phones are outside in the yard. If it's raining and they want to call home, they're doing so in the rain, etc. Um, but like the dorms, I believe the um, the phones are outside. Even some of the level three prisons. Um, so, anyways, we we need them to have tablets so that you know if somebody needs to email their son and tell them bye. Uh, they can do so, or if we need to check on them, we can. Um, if one of our people disappears, uh, we can add someone else that is in the same building and ask them, you know, hey, is so-and-so okay? And they can say no, you know, they took him out last night, he was coughing, whatever, he had a fever. Um, we need that communication. Um, we're willing to pay for that communication. It's not cheap. So, um, that's just some of the stuff that is happening, um, right now. And the name of the podcast is Tales from the Visiting Room. We don't even see a visiting room right now. We haven't seen a visiting room since March. And we get that. We want our people to be protected. We want to be protected. We want their staff to be protected. Um... My issue with unfair sentencing in California is not with the staff. Um, I know as far as where I visit uh, San Quentin, the staff are amazing. They're good people. Um, My person is condemned, which means that he is on death row. And um, he has had a lot of the same staff for the entire 17 years that he has been there. And... um, he cares about them and I care about them as well. Um, we don't want to see anybody die. We, um, we don't want to see anybody lose their job. We are just trying to get through this the same way everybody else is. It's just a much different process for us. Um, so I just wanted to stop in today and throw this out there. I'm going to try to put together another episode um, with some of my friends and we're going to talk some more about what we're doing as, at our individual prisons as far as COVID-19 is concerned. Um, stay with us. Um, times will get better or maybe we'll just be in a good mood one night and decide, you know, that we're ready to um, to share the juicy, share the tea with you. Um We like talking about our relationships. We like talking about how we met them. Um, And I think it's so much because we can't. Um, 
not a lot of people that we can talk to about it. Not a lot of people understand, you know, what we're doing. So, uh, we don't mind telling you. We want to. Uh, this is not love after lockup. You're not going to see a shit show here. Uh, maybe if I can get Damia to come on. Damia, um, she runs a group, uh, about prison pen pal scams and cheaters and women who inmate hop. We might get a little bit messy if she shows up. Thanks for tuning in and wear your mask, wash your hands, and we'll talk to you soon.